Carrier Anchor, Episode 3. The same question, but interestingly, you find a totally different answer. Everybody have own unique answer. In this interview, I asked the same question about the background, about how they find the building services, and what is the key and main question about the future of the building services. From two different angles, from two different perspectives, and two different persons. The first one, I interview Matt, he's working as a consultant, and you can see about his story and his journey. Thanks, Mo. Um, after studying mechanical engineering at Bristol, I joined a 10-person MEP consultancy uh, as a graduate mechanical engineer. And for this company, being a smaller consultancy, it was quite varied, a little bit chaotic and very, very exciting. They were sustainability focused. They were very innovative and willing to take risks. And my experiences were mostly working on concept stage, so really stages one and two design, mostly for residential sort of high-end, high-spec resi developments. It felt like quite a flat structure. I felt like I had lots of mentors there. I could sort of tap on the shoulder, the directors and the, the most senior people in the office. Um, so from that experience, fantastic. Every day was different. Sometimes I'd be doing calculations and markups, then be taken to site, then help with invoicing or drafting or fee proposals. Um, and I think being a smaller organization, the needs were different every day. So I worked there for two years. And then after that, joined a very different kind of company, a large structured 700 person international consultancy, where there was lots of process and lots of order. I joined a team of five people and I've been there for the last four years and I'm still loving it. Uh, I restarted with the fundamentals. There's lots of rigorous QA checking of, of all the design work from being an engineer, started running smaller projects, plant replacement type. And now I run larger projects, mostly in retail, the office sectors. Then I ask about academic background and how I find this information is useful in the actual and real project you're on? At university, so I studied a master's in mechanical engineering. It was focused on academic, theoretical approaches. Um, whereas lots of what we do um, in building services has guidance, SIPSI guidance, has British standards, has rules of thumb. And I find those very useful tools for reducing complex problems into something that you can design and something that could be installed and used. So whilst some of the fundamental concepts from university have been useful, relatively little of the actual uh, sort of technical, analytical uh, concepts that we studied there are used in my day-to-day. -day. So whilst enjoyable and slightly useful, I feel that um, my academic understanding and discipline isn't really used on a day-to-day -day basis in my role. My next guest is Andy. Andy background is different and is coming from the different area and he had a different idea about the university impact on his building services role. College in Ireland or university in Ireland. I spent four years doing mechanical engineering degree. I enjoyed the degree in parts. The mathematical part the technical part but what I found when I came to London was my 
my profession is quite different to what I studied in college. I basically had to learn from scratch when I moved over here. I don't think university prepared me for it. And I think that from speaking to some other engineers that I'm working with now, um, particularly the ones from Scotland, they went directly into engineering almost as a trade. So they spent four years working on building sites, studying and working to be an engineer. And I think that they have much more experience than me now. Well, I know for a fact they do in terms of years. And I think it stood to them, stood to them more. Uh, I don't believe we have that opportunity in Ireland. Um, I did apply to become an electrical engineer with the ESB. However, I, didn't, I wasn't accepted for that. Um, and I think my skills would be better applied directly to work as opposed to academia. Um, I am interested in studying, I'm interested in design, but I realize now that it would have been better for me to go straight into this industry. So when I left college or university, I didn't know anything and I, I started from scratch and I came to London and I learned everything through my, the senior engineer over me at the time. Um, he taught me how to approach design. And he taught me that I should treat the design like I'm treating, like it's my own building, like it's in my own home. And that I should respect it in that manner. Not just cut on costs. You should be wary of what you are designing and make sure that it's spec compliant and that it is compliant with all the industry standards. It was a real learning experience. Looking back on the last three years, I would say that it was a challenge and I've learned a lot and I've learned so much now that I realize there's so much more to learn. I realize my ignorance in the beginning and I realize my ignorance now. Um, I felt like, I felt like I found the job that suits me as in, I realized how diverse this job is and how challenging it is and how much I appreciate that. I appreciate meeting new people. I appreciate working with other disciplines and other trades. Um, I appreciate the challenge every day. And I, I appreciate that things are in flux. I love the fact that it's evolving, that new technologies are coming into play, uh, that you need to sprint to, to basically stand in one place. In other words, uh, no matter how hard you work and how fast you move, the industry seems to keep moving past you. Um, I believe mine is somewhat in flux, but I would say that the, if I was to say an anchor, it would be technical challenges and that this industry matches it more than anything I've, I've tried. I'm, I'm just starting out really, but this, this seems to match it almost perfectly. Um, and it's not just a challenge, it's the fact that the challenge changes, um, which is, I suppose, the main point that I'm interested in. Again, I said it's in flux. So I think that as I get older, that will never leave me. But I think other factors will come into play. I think I will be interested in job security. I will be more interested in the location. Currently, I enjoy moving as in I get to experience new places and new people. But I think that my anchor will shift slightly when I get older. I'm not sure of that. That would be a question I have for 
people who are older than me, has it shifted or has it stayed constant? I asked Matthew about a mental factor. I think that the mentors that I have had have had a, a, an enormous impact on those and mostly in a very positive way. But then you have even my favorite mentors over my past two companies. Sometimes you see them doing it in a way and you think I, I would do it slightly different and I can improve on that. So I find uh, mostly that they are role models and that I want to replicate their way of doing things and you pick sort of mentor a as the person that you will follow their liaising with a contractor and person b how they deal with a client etc so you can sort of pick and choose your favorite characteristics of different people and sometimes you follow their way and sometimes you think oh, i want to do it slightly different but yeah i, I find those mentors um hugely influential the next question is about a soft skill how much we learn from the university and how much we can find as an ongoing experience inside of the company. Yeah, I find the soft skills sort of the most interesting to do with consulting. Uh, the fact that sometimes you'll be doing technical design, but sometimes you'll be talking to a builder and trying to convince them of, of doing it the right way. Or sometimes you're talking to an architect in, in a certain language or to, or to a client. And I think that those soft skills I find very interesting um, and that you need different abilities to approach those different kind of stakeholders. Um, and I, we did learn some of those at, at university. So there were some business modules, there were some modules that we studied to do with innovation and enterprise. Uh, but I do feel that it's sort of more a person's character um, that will define their abilities for all of those soft skills. And I think that naturally leads to some people might want to pursue IES type of modeling, some might want to do CAD drafting, some might want to be client facing, some might want to stay technical, etc. And so you sort of see people following those different routes that align with what their, their focus, their interests and their, their soft skill abilities are. And back to the main question, what is your expectation about the future of the building services? What's your opinion? I do feel that the way that our industry um, share knowledge in a couple of areas could be improved. So the likes of online forums in the tech industry, if someone poses, poses a question there, there are lots and lots of enthusiastic people who will help them solve those problems. And I don't feel that we have that in our industry. I don't think I'm not aware of forums where if you aren't able to do something, you can ask other experts for advice. So I think that's something that we could sort of learn from other industries in order to sort of support one another within the industry and all thrive. And secondly, I think that I work for an Australian company and in Oz, their equivalent of SIPSI guidance, their equivalent of British standards, um, they are incredibly concise and easy to use. And I do find that the British standards and, and some of the SIPSI guidance is quite verbose, uh, it's quite lengthy, and it's a, a bit difficult to, to read through and to refer to. And I, I feel that that could be restructured and slightly rewritten so that it is shorter and concise and easier to refer to. So yeah, I think those are my two areas for the future that I'd 
like to see the, the industry and those leaders of the industry try to address. My main question would be fairly open. Um, I would like to ask how much more will the industry improve? So in terms of technology, will we see BIM being done on even the smallest projects to the largest as a standard? Will it become implemented as a tool for use by the occupier and the maintenance teams more? I know that it can be, but it doesn't seem to be done as a standard. Um, I'm also wondering how will the technology change? Will we see things like the Internet of Things being implemented? Um, how much will that improve people's lives? How much more efficient will that make things? Uh, I would like to see, I would wonder, and I would ask the question, will the design process become more collaborative? So will a single model be taken from stage three onwards from consultant to contractor through to client, uh, including the architect? And will the design be done on that in the beginning? So will we actually run our calculations fully off of that? Or will it still be done partly and partly in Excel and partly through takeoffs? Or how much can we push that um, technology? And how much can we implement it? Because I think it has fantastic uh, potential, but I don't think that potential is fully realized. I think everyone's doing it in parts no one's really fully implementing it. I asked both of them how the professional body, the same of the CIBZ or Vizria can help us to have a better direction. There are currently a number of CIBZ guides. There are a number of uh, building regulations and they are sort of tweaked year uh, at every uh, revision every few years. And it will be quite refreshing to sort of have a a new a high level view of those guidance and of, of those standards and sort of try to rewrite them uh, from afresh rather than tweaking what's what's currently there. I just feel that for some of those guidance, some of those British standards, uh, there are some key elements within a hundred page document uh, and I, I feel that sometimes there might be 50 pages of less useful information that could be part of an appendix uh, that might make that referring to those and making them user friendly uh, might be a bit simpler. A big, a big ask though. <laughs> You've got to set a challenge. And you also ask a question about, is there any obstacles? to transforming information from the one party to another party and at the end to the end user. Yeah, I'm wondering, is there blockers on this? Is that why it hasn't been done? Like, is there some, is there some legal aspect that makes the architect have to have their own model? And is there some legal aspect that stops a consultant from giving us their model? You know, is there actually blockers in this idea of collaboration? And I guess, can you break those down as well? I'd like to see how, how far technology is implemented but it's kind of answered in my my previous question you mentioned a good point there about the separation between the project team and the end user so i started to work in oxford and i was put into the commissioning phase and i was there for handover so i went through a year of of defect liability and soft landings and the end user had no idea how how to use any of the systems. 
So we taught them how to do that. Didn't know how to set the temperature in the spaces. Again, we did that. They thought the rooms were too cold and we measured the temperature. They weren't in terms of the specification. But again, we taught them how to to make the space comfortable. And yeah, the disconnect between a home user and who they're buying their house from is there's no connection there really at all. There's no training. There's no handover. I would like to see, or I guess my question would be, is that going to be improved based on what you were saying? It's, it's, it seems like an interesting way of thinking about it. Like if you buy a washing machine, you have the information. If you buy a house, you don't. That, that, that's a great way to put it. 